0: can't really sing.
1: Hello and welcome. This is the SBNY Podcast. I am your host and my name is Peter Kennedy. This podcast is on iTunes and Google Play, which you can find simply by searching Sports Blog New York Podcast or go to sportsblognewyork.com. Click on the podcast tab and any of those articles will lead you in the right direction. If you like what you have been hearing with the Sports Blog New York podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review, and tell your friends especially because we have a lot of fun doing the show. We like to talk about a lot of New York sports. We touch on some national stuff as well. Uh, but if, if, like I said, if you like what you've been hearing, leave a little rating, a little review. How you doing? How you been? But tonight, without further ado, I got my man Alec Argento in the house. Uh, we actually took our Sunday night, Monday morning show off. You know, I had a little holiday going on. I had a little... Uh, Oral procedure. Take some wisdom teeth That's what teeth. we're going to call it, Pete. That's what we're going to call it. <laughs> I had my wisdom teeth taken out.
0: Oh, that. Okay. But
1: without further ado, Alec Argento. Alec Argento, welcome to the pod today. Oh, hi. How you, the... How you doing? How you been? I'm all right. Uh, well, I'm a
0: little grumpy right now.
1: Alec is in a pissy mood. And, you know, I asked him if he was going to be pissy throughout the episode. He said no. I don't believe him. But the Yankees are uh, they're not winning right now. Even though they've been on such a hot streak. You know... You can't win them all, is what I have to say. Be but nice to That's true. Be nice to Before we get into that, uh, we have a lot of stuff on the plate for today. We're going to talk about the Yankees and their hot start. We're going to really dive deep into what players we think are real and which players are real fake. And then we'll talk about the Mets a little bit. And, of course, we've got the NBA playoffs going on. So we'll touch on that as well. But we're going to be, you know, New York's baseball heavy.
0: Real fake? Real fake doors?
1: Yeah. Who's selling real fake doors in this place? <laughs> uh, Rick and Morty reference. If you don't get it, watch the show.
0: Girl up audience, if you don't watch it.
1: Before we get into the Yankee stuff, <laughs> poor Carmelo Anthony, man. Like, is it poor... Wait, wait, wait. wait. Before I even say oh. that. My natural
0: reaction is poor Carmelo Anthony. But should I even feel bad at this point? The whole... The poor, poor everyone on the Knicks. If you have to be there next year, like if your contract's not up and you have to be there next year... Poor Knicks, who's left next year that, that has to deal with this? Oh, not not like our burgeoning superstar in Porzingis or anything. You didn't miss his continue. You it <laughs>
1: no, up. No, you're right. It's it's sad. It's sad for like the Courtney Lees of the world, the the Kylo Quinn, the Porzingis, even Willie Hernan Gomez, guys who you know. There's no reason for us to hate. Only reason for us to really like. Honestly, like. What Nick fan is gonna say? Oh, I hate Courtney Lee. Nobody. Everyone at least feels decent about him.
0: I don't, I don't know. I hated Aaron Flawless. I'm sure there's people who are like me with Courtney Lee this
1: year. Aaron Flawless is way more hateable than Courtney Lee. That's besides the point. No nope.
0: Stupid hurricane shots he used to take all the time. Spinning, They're twirl around in the hurricane tornado shots.
1: Oh my god, sure. I, I hated him. <laughs> like Kylo Quinn's not a hateable guy. He's
0: yeah, a, a super likable guy.
1: <laughs> everybody loves KP. Everybody loves Willie. You know as much shit as Melo gets. Language. A lot of people... Oh, yeah, sorry. how much poop as Mello gets. He... A lot of people still like him, kind of. You know? It's just so sad. It's miserable. You it's know, miserable. You it's know miserable. so funny,
0: though? As soon as something like this happens, everyone's immediately the biggest Carmelo Anthony fan in the world. They're always sticking to his defense. Like, how dare you, Phil, do what you do? Like, all right, everyone's hated on Mello. The entire, like, past, like... How long has he been in the league ten years. <laughs> everyone's always hated him. He's, and, yeah, he's and, been on the Knicks
1: for eight years. Yeah,
0: and, and also he's, wow, he's already been. That's like twelve years. He's been in the league. Yeah, he's, and, exactly. That's, that's wild. Um, but yeah, everyone's immediately saying how much they oh I can't believe Phil would do this. Like, you can't believe everyone hated Melo. Everyone hates Phil. Like, let's just all agree that this is all horrible situation. Everyone sucks and just move on. <laughs> and let's
1: just pray for our pick to work this year. I guess you know, like that's all it's, we got. And
0: we got screwed today with the pick. Did you see that?
1: Yeah, we lost the coin flip. Oh,
0: And it's just such a ridiculous process. That's what it comes down to. How many times do we have to... Don't the Timberwolves have enough lottery picks on their team? Don't the the Sixers have enough lottery picks on their team? Let's just get one for us, for the good guys one time. Right. Don't New York fans deserve uh, a little bit of uh, luck for the future? Come on. Sad. (laughs) It is (laughs) sad. It's (laughs) grumpy.
1: There's just nothing to be happy about. As a Knicks fan, it's just sad. It's sad that we're in the news at this
0: point because we should be out of the news. You th- we shouldn't be talked about, no. and yet there's just all this <laughs> negative stuff all the time. Who do we who do we get now if you, if we fall to seven? That that might put us out of reach for for Dennis Smith and yes, it De'Aaron could Fox. put
1: us out of reach for those guys. Uh, Unless
0: Jason Tatum goes a little earlier than expected,
1: I think that's going to be the lucky thing. You know, the Josh Jacksons and Tatum's of the world who helped their stock might push Monk, De'Aaron Fox, Dennis Smith back. Especially that Dennis Smith didn't even play in the tournament. But, you know, I still
0: think there's a real chance Markel Fultz doesn't go number one because I don't think the Celtics need uh Markel Fultz.
1: Well, Markel Fultz has gone in the top three, absolutely. Well, without doubt, but that might you know, but so.
0: that, Yeah, but if the if one person gets screwed up, people scramble, people make mistakes, people get someone that they didn't know that they could get that they wanted. You know, that's yeah. What happened last year with uh with um uh, D'Angelo Russell not not last year, two years ago with D'Angelo Russell um getting picked uh, instead of instead of Ja. I mean that that really screwed up the whole draft.
1: Yeah. It wasn't the other way around. Uh, I know what you mean. Yeah, either way, it was like Johnny Flynn going before Steph Curry when the the Timberwolves drafted two Jordan point Hill point guards, mix. two point guards before him. who the next anyway, in that draft? Jordan Hill, oh, right? Yeah. The, the pick after Steph. But anyway, that's besides the point. I saw that a lot on Twitter uh, today. That's why I br- bring it up. The one thing, and we're gonna move off the Knicks because there's really no reason for us to be miserable talking about them. Because all we're gonna do is just be sad and
0: make. Fun oh, of I it. I reserve the right to be miserable about the Knicks. Oh yeah, I always okay. want to be miserable, but we I... don't want to talk about it. We just have to. <coughs> no, I do. <laughs> well, anyway, the one thing that that,
1: that gets to me when I say I see people say like fire Dolan. Like I get it, it's a joke. But there are a lot of people out there.
0: Who, if we could fire him, we would. No, exactly.
1: There's a lot of people out there who like think there's somebody who can who can fire a James Dolan, like. I, I honestly believe people on Twitter who say that there is they He's believe the commissioner it.
0: of basketball, Adam yes, Silver, right. So Adam his said, ownership, you can force him to do what uh, what's his name on the Clippers did.
1: That is true, but unless like three more Charles Oakley situations happen, that's not happening. So no one can remember, fire. Remember James, when you, remember so, when you James said Dolan. that he
0: couldn't get fired, and then I just proved you wrong like instantaneously with the Donald Sterling reference. Dropping Donald Sterling references out of nowhere, by the way. Whoosh.
1: That was a really fair point that you just made two times in a row. Now that's not that's not my point. My point is that <laughs> whatever fits your narrative, Pete, whatever fits your
0: narrative, okay.
1: <laughs> my point is that no one with any control or say in the Knicks can be like, "All right, James Dolan, you're fired." So they just stop bringing it up. All it does is make it all fairness miserable. though.
0: Like I was listening to I was listening to Ham on ESPN the yep. other day. Uh, and, and Canty, true, big Canty guy, former New York Giant, great, and everybody. <laughs> Bill Daughtry. Uh not
1: anymore. But it's okay.
0: I thought I, I, thought I heard his voice on there. Um, but they they were saying, uh, you know, why can't? Someone one of the callers asked, why can't um, Jim Dolan do what he does with the Rangers with the Knicks? And I think he tried to do that. I think that's exactly what he tried to do by getting Phil Jackson. He tried to get somebody who would take care of everything, who would be a basketball mind, who can take care of and he could be a hands-off owner. And I think he has been pretty hands-off. He, oh, since Phil's came, he's been completely hands-off, actually. It's, it's literally everything that's happened in the past two years, I think you can blame on Phil. I, I Absolutely. I think everything... Like, there's not one problem the Knicks have that you can't bring back to, to Phil, and there's not... I can't even name more than, like, two things that he did that were positive for this team.
1: You know I have tried to defend him at, t- at times, and there's we're, we're at the point now, it's like, James Dolan does something, people say, James Dolan, get out of here, stop touching the team. Then he goes, all right, Phil, this is all you, and then people say, James Dolan, do something, fire Phil. It's like, we can't win, so we're just going to keep losing.
0: I just, I, I don't know, I, I don't understand why they, like, every other, every... They have the least competent front office in all of sports. I'd, I'd be willing to say that in all of sport, all of the main three professional sports teams. I didn't say like the Cleveland Browns are more well run. They just have they've had a lot of bad, more bad luck than they have had, non like bad business moves. We are the least savvy team in like all of professional sports, just like in terms of health of an organization, the the least healthy organization. At least like the 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 Browns don't have any bad signings on their team. Like At least they can go... If they wanted to, they can go spend a ton of money and go buy someone. They didn't sign Joakim Noah to play left tackle. <laughs> but, yeah, they but, did sign RG3. They're the, pro- who's who's more frail? RG3 or Joakim Noah?
1: I honestly think RG3 is the answer there. I yeah. th- I do believe so. You don't so. think
0: Mr. Trubisky's the guy? I don't
1: know. Well, wait. The only thing that we can say at this point, and we're moving off the subject because I can't talk about it anymore, at least we like filled it and trade away our picks.
0: The, and we do have a relatively very healthy cap space situation as well.
1: Cap space
0: and picks were fine. would Be really good if we didn't have Joe from Noah. Yeah, that, that's true. That's true. But like I
1: said, uh, well, what does it matter? Uh, well, it I'm doesn't not, matter. Not,
0: not to do this, but there's not like it's not like there's going to be any free agents that come here. So
1: absolutely. So and that, Porzingis
0: is probably the one guy we thought we were going to have for long term. Looks like he wants the hell out of this situation. So
1: <laughs> hopefully cool. he goes back to Latvia for the summer,
0: <laughs> relaxes. <laughs> Who goes back to Latvia to relax? People from Latvia. <laughs> Isn't it like Chernobyl over there? I don't know. I don't even know what that means. There's <laughs> a new oh, come on, learn your history. I'm not gonna i I'm not your teacher. You learn it. So okay. go get a professor.
1: Good. Well moving on because I don't want to talk about the Knicks anymore. And we already spent too many minutes on that. Um but you check right before we get to the game. Oh, no, Pete,
0: next on the list it says banter. Can we do that real quick?
1: Uh we did banter already. We already clicked we already did some banter. Sorry. Clicked on
0: it. I thought it was like a topic we were talking about like
1: banter. You want to talk about I think banter's pretty chill. Banter's
0: a cool thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I was going to talk about some banter that we had, actually.
0: Oh, yeah? Like what? Namely.
1: Uh, So you texted me the other day, and we're like, you know, know weird. No big
0: deal. I have Pete's phone number.
1: (laughs) Have Starling Marte, like, has a really good season and then a really bad season. And then Starling Marte... Every year, it's one or the other. It's crazy, right? And then he gets caught for using PEDs and gets suspended for 80 games. So you said to me...
0: Uh, I don't remember what I said.
1: <laughs> good banter. Uh, yeah, you said to me, well, I guess we figured out why oh, he either yeah, has a really good yeah. year <laughs> or a really bad year. But yeah. Um, so, like Marte's out. So, let's see if that young guy for the Pirates comes up. All right. Anyways, let's move on. We're going to play a game.
0: By the way, look out for Austin Meadows. He's uh, he's uh, the top out outfield prospect for the uh, for the Pirates. He's been struggling a little bit this year uh, to start off Triple A. But that guy's going to be a stud, and he's probably going to take over sooner rather than later now with, uh, with Marte down. They're probably going to put John so over there, but you know, look out for Austin Meadows. He's going to be the next big thing.
1: Hopefully, because uh, a lot of hype around that guy. Yeah. But moving on to the Yankees. But before, okay. before we do, this is the Sports Blog New York Podcast. If you like what you've been hearing, please subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Search Sports Blog New York Podcast or go to sportsblognewyork.com. Click on the podcast tab and any of those articles will lead you in the right direction.
0: Remind them about my review thing.
1: Oh, yeah. Also, if you like the podcast or you like me or you like Alec, leave a little review on iTunes, Google Play, and Alec will review you. So leave a nice little in-depth review, tell a story, and then Alec will do the same about you. And what well, you why don't you out.
0: guys review us personally, individually about our personalities? You can get mean if you want. i probably prefer you not to. But you know, you'll know, you do that and I'll, I'll review you personally. I exactly. That's a good idea.
1: Like that one time that I made a good joke. <laughs> you can tell talk about that. <laughs> but uh, I want to bring up one of our sports blog New York <coughs> writers. So thank you for coughing directly over me.
0: <laughs> Sorry.
1: One of our sports blog New York writers, Anthony Manarino, uh, who you could find on Twitter. Actually, I'll get his handle in a second. But he brought up an idea to talk about the Yankees. He wants to do a thing. Who's the real deal and who's a pretender? Who's fake on the Yankees right now with their Conte- hot stock.
0: So contender or pretender.
1: Yeah, but contender for a player like doesn't feel right. So like the real, you know what I mean? You're going to call a
0: player a contender? I don't know. I mean, there's solo athletes that are contenders. Say Serena Williams isn't a contender? Yeah, well that's a different freaking sport, man. You said, you said a player can't be, you didn't say a baseball player. Well, you knew what I meant. I just keep destroying you today. Yeah. I am not up the score. I don't like this at I'm, all. I'm, I'm, I'm running up the score right now. I'm blowing up the, the, the spread. How about let's just play the game? <laughs> Fine. <laughs> real.
1: I like, I like calling it uh, real or real fake. Okay. I like that one. Okay. So, let's start off with the pitcher that we made the statement on the podcast last week. Sometimes he's Pineda, sometimes he's Pinata.
0: You guys thought about Tanaka?
1: Yes. <laughs> so, is Michael Pineda the real deal or is he real fake?
0: I mean, I've, I've had I've had that question, I heard that question asked a million times, and every year, I ever, well, the experts say this could be the year he's going to be a Cy Young uh, pitcher, a Cy Young pitcher, and he's just he's got all the tools. He's really really good, but he has those two out woes. He'll just be completely dominant, get to two strikes, two outs, and then get you no. Know, walk the bases loaded all of a sudden and then give up a home run or whatever he does. Um, if he can figure it out, I mean, the one thing nobody's really talking about because an 8-game winning streak that's about to snap uh, during this game right now, but an 8-game winning streak, even if you're playing bad teams, is really impressive, but they are playing bad teams. They're not playing good teams that they're winning against. So um, the pitching, we'll see if the pitching can hold up against good teams. I mean, that's that's the most important thing. So I, I, I when, they, when they go play the... Uh, they think they play after this. They play the uh, the Pirates and then the Red Sox and the Red Sox. I think both are away. No, the Pirates are home. The Red Sox are away. If he pitches well in Boston, then I'll. I, I think we can say, admittedly, that he's he's a legitimate pitcher this year.
1: So you think he's real?
0: No, I think it's. I don't. I think it's really too early to tell. I I think his talent is real. I don't know if this is the but ma- make a contract protection. here.
1: But yeah, that's that's what I was gonna bring up. I'm gonna say that this season, my expectations are Michael Panetta will be real. Because it's a contract year, and if he if he comes out and wets the bed and plays poorly and gives up a ton of home runs, he's his contract is going to be nothing special next year. I, I was if he comes me- out and gets, you know, even a, close to just under a four ERA or even like at a four ERA, strikes out a lot of people, grabs some wins, has some good performances, he's going to get paid.
0: Yeah, he doesn't walk people. He, stri- he strikes out a ton. <coughs> Excuse me. I was telling you the other day, or maybe yesterday, that um, – when you watch him on the mound, or just like when you watch him ever, he is so loose. He His, like, arms and legs, they just flop around in the wind and everything. He's like a wacky, waving, inflatable, arm flailing tube man uh, <laughs> from the car dealerships. His arms just go wild. and wild. It, He's definitely loose up there, and his stuff has been, like, unhittable. So if he could just keep it up, it would be really, really impressive. I'd like to see it. I think he could do it. I don't think he will, though at the end of the day. I've, I've seen this before. I've seen Panetta be dominant like this, but I know what comes next.
1: So I think uh, I think is real. Alec thinks he's real fake this year. Uh, let's move on to the guy who pitched last night for the Yankees, Luis Severino. He nope, gave...
0: Oh, right, right. Okay, I see what it, you did there. Come I on. see what you did there. Have
1: you not caught on? How many times have we done this podcast the night and then release it for the morning? That's like,
0: movie magic.
1: Figure it out. You know <laughs> what I mean? Just figure it out. So Severino had eight innings pitched, even though he gave up four runs, ten strikeouts, and only three hits, and he's getting, he caught the L. But Severino three Sever-
0: three earned, four on un- uh, four one earned, one earned, uh three earned.
1: Yes, it, either way, he pitched eight innings, had ten strikeouts. Technically, only gave up three hits. Not a bad adding, except you know the score doesn't show it. Is Severino real or real fake?
0: Real, definitely real, and that's uh, the reason. Confidence. Brought, yeah, the, the reason I brought up that earned and unearned thing is because. That score should not have been what it was. I mean, Pete Kozma, who's in there for defense, but Binder Joe just decided to make a Binder Joe move that screwed us in the end, and put Pete Kozma in, who gets no hits, uh, and then has uh, an error on a very easy double play that he just completely... Billy Buckner, and it went right through his legs, because he stinks, and that's the reason he was a professional hitter and then was in the minors for the past two years, because he stinks. And Severino wasted... Definitely the best. I would say the best outing of his career so far. He went eight innings, eight innings, ten strikeouts. He was unhittable. The one big mistake he made that wasn't his fault, outside of the home run he gave up, that you know should have the inning should have been over already, was to the nine hitter. and He still made a great pitch. The the, the nine hitter just smacked into into the uh, uh, the bullpen. Um, but Severino's always had the tools. He's just kind of a he's like Pineda, and that's why uh, Girardi put Montgomery in between them because they're very similar pitchers. Um, he's just he could be a head case his stuff there's no there's very few people that have better stuff I than mean him.
1: the man's pumping 98 in the 8th inning yeah that's real deal stuff and
0: his slider is, is great it, it moves down and away it, it, it has great movement on both and he's been using the, uh, the change up more his location's just been really good it, his confidence is up and I, I saw that <coughs> today as well after he gave up that home run that solo one uh, to the 9 hitter I keep forgetting his name but uh, he came out and then got two more outs
1: so the game we're playing right now is real or real fake. Right now, uh, Alec thinks Pineda is real fake, and he thinks Severino is real, the real deal. I tend to agree. I think Severino uh, is more of a surefire, real deal hit than Pineda. I'm really betting on Pineda solely off that. It's his contract year. He has to perform or he's not going to get a big contract. Severino, I think, has like he's never been consistent because he hasn't had the time Consistently in the rotation. Yeah, but this, this is might be his last shot. Exactly, but this is his last shot, like you said, and it's also one of his first years that he's, you know, given the keys to be in the
0: rotation. You know what I mean? He was in the bullpen earlier in his career. No, I, I, was he I, not? No, I disagree. I mean, he he came up as a starter when we needed when we traded Ivan Nova. I think was when we got him. Maybe it was two. It was two years ago. But, but he, he didn't kid, play in the bullpen. No, he was a start. Well, he did play in the bullpen. He was a starter originally. That's what I mean. He wasn't. Well, no, he no, hasn't no. consistently been in the rotation. No, but he 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 had this opportunity last year and then he blew it. He had eleven starts. He had like an eight and change G R A. They put him. They, they put him to AAA and they brought him back up from the bullpen. and He was unhittable in the bullpen um, because he's a two pitch guy. But he's developing that changeup and if he can develop that changeup, then he's going to be a three pitch pitcher. He, he has good control of the changeup. He just doesn't, does not throw it enough, and he can be. Uh, as good as anyone else, he has ace stuff. It's absolute ace stuff. And James Caprillion, who was uh, gone now, we really need an ace. RIP, piece. Yeah. Uh, let's move on. So
1: that's it for uh, those two pitchers right there. Uh, let's go quickly through this guy because I think I think it's an easy answer. Ronald Torres. real or real fake? Real trade bait. Real trade bait. Yeah. <laughs> little mix up there. I like that.
0: Yeah. No, I think he's gonna. I think he's picking up a stock. I mean. I think, I think he's one of those guys where you can look at some really flashy plays and say this guy. It could probably be good on a team somewhere. There's no need for him on this team. He's a fine little player. He's a good utility guy. He can play, he can play three different positions. He can play all around the infield except for first base because he's too tiny. Right.
1: <laughs> he is too tiny. He, like, you just can't expect him to lead the team in run production. Like It's just unrealistic. It's not going to happen. Like, he's been on a little hot streak earlier in the year. Well, he's, he's not
0: leaning in anymore. Our judge bypassed him last night or two nights ago. Little little podcast trick right there. Nice. <laughs> You're catching um, on. Yeah,
1: no. All right, so let's go to that guy you just mentioned, Aaron Judge. I think everybody knows the answer if they've listened to this podcast before. Aaron Judge, real or real fake?
0: Oh, super real. Super real. Uh, you know I'm big on Aaron you Judge. You know
1: I'm big on Aaron Judge, and I'm not even a Yankees fan.
0: I, I text Pete Monster Don alerts, and it's exactly what you think. It's Aaron home Aaron Judge home run alerts.
1: And it's not, so it's not exactly what they think. Hopefully.
0: I used to, What else could they be thinking?
1: Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I hope nothing. <laughs> but I get the update from ESPN that Aaron Judge hits a home run, and then I get a text from Alex saying that he hit a home run as well. Uh, Aaron Judge is real. His swing has shortened. It is more consistent. And I see this man just hitting home runs by accident. throughout That's exactly what's happened so and far. If he's going to hit 250, I don't care if he strikes out because that's the entire league from top to bottom. He
0: might hit a little lower than 250, I think.
1: Give or take 250. 240, I, th- uh,
0: 235. I think he could. I think honestly, if he hits two forty and he just the rest and of the hits thirty home top, runs, he's gonna he's gonna hit more than thirty home runs this year. I think. I really do. I think he's gonna hit thirty five to forty. He just hits home runs by accident. That's what I'm saying. If he just if he gets five hundred at bats, like was that's the normal right five hundred bats around there, he's gonna get forty home runs he just but on accident, He, just, he makes contact forty times in the barrel, the bat is going out.
1: Yeah, the power is <laughs> real. Uh, both me and Alec are on board. I think all Yankee fans are super ecstatic about Aaron Judge. Uh, Greg Bird had a slow start. Aaron Judge, hot start. Let's move on. We got Chase Headley, guy who Yankee fans kind of loathed in a way, but has been consistent and been very really solid this year. Real or real fake?
0: Uh, I mean, you know what you're gonna get with Chase Headley. He's had like two or three really good years defensively. I wouldn't trade him for. There's not really any their basement on something like Manny Machado that i trade him for he's really really good in the field he snares, he snares so many line drives out there and you know like his defensive war I'm not really a stats guy you know but um you're not a nerd no I'm not a nerd you call me a nerd you are a nerd whatever wait till we we talk about it later uh, in, in the podcast they'll call him a nerd um but he's not really, he like, his defense is so good. He hit really well after April last year. He just dug himself such a hole that he ended up being 250 or something like that. So who knows? Maybe maybe he has a bad month later on that equals his April of last year. But I don't know. I think he's just the guy you know exactly what you're going to get with. So
1: And know. he's a really, really solid He's not going to do baseman.
0: this. He's not doing this this year. He's not going to be hitting close to 400 for the rest of the year, I'll tell you that.
1: That's fair. He's also a really solid third baseman. Super solid. So I think he's real. His real is just not a superstar. It's just very real solid. He's real solid.
0: He's a great guy till one of the third baseman prospects where shortstops could convert to third base come up.
1: So speaking of Chase Headley, and this is going to be segue into our next topic, which is going to be talking about the man named Joe Girardi who drives Yankee fans insane at times, but Yankee fans also adore very uh, weird for me as a Mets fan to see from the outside the way Yankee fans treat Girardi. One day, he makes a lineup decision that people literally want to rip their hair out for. And then two days later, they're like, I love Girardi. He's such a great manager. Can you, as a Yankees fan, just give me the Yankees fan perspective. True and true, New York,
0: New York. Wh- how, why <laughs> What's good with you, Joe Girardi? How do Yankee fans feel about he it? He gets players to play for him, first and foremost. Like he always gets, Especially kids. And he's good at managing personality. See, that was something Joe Torre was always really good at. I mean, Yankees always have, had big free agents, and he's he's get, good at get every, getting everyone to buy in. But what I, <clears throat> what I really hate is when he overmanages. This is an American League team, not a National League team. You don't need to overmanage. I get it if you want to give one guy a day off here, and that's what the DH is for. You can switch everyone around or something. You know, if Matt Holliday, who's 37, needs a day off, he needs a day off. But when you're resting... Greg Bird, the day after he has three, uh, he goes three for three with a walk, uh, and he hasn't hit, the. uh, he's had like two hits the entire year, one hit. It's ridiculous, and you kick up momentum. You need the guy to get momentum. He had no momentum yesterday when the Yankees lost. Um, He he just makes you bang your head against the wall. He does lefty and righty splits, puts Chris Carter, he'll put four backups into the game at once. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely unreal.
1: It's very odd. And coming from a, a guy who follows more closely the Mets, Terry Collins is known to do some odd stuff on occasion. Uh, but one of the weirdest things to me was when Aaron Hicks did something that has been so infrequently done in baseball history, <laughs> hit a home run from the right side of the plate as well as the left side in one game, and then he gets benched the day after that. So does he have the system where, say, he knows on Monday who he's playing on Thursday? Is that Joe Girardi's like, style? Or does he actually do like the feel of the game
0: thing as well? Like, what does he do? I mean, to be honest, with you, like I hear about he, this binder. I, I was just about to say the binder. I, he he's got this book of secrets. I think he knows like the, who what really happened on like uh, on the moon landing and stuff like that. And there, all the secrets of the world. But I we I hate on him, but they won eight in a row. I mean, he knows something that I don't know. But none of the moves he made really affected like. The, when when he puts four bench players in, they're still not getting hits. Although, Austin Romine's been really good for the bench uh, since Gary Sanchez's been out. He's been three eighty four, 384s like that. Well,
1: catching is the one position where, you know, there's a lot of switching all year long. So he, He's
0: making all these pitchers look like Cy Young candidates. So, I mean, ever since Gary's been out, these pitchers have been like, great. Coincidence? I don't think so. I think it's I think he's a very, very... You're supposed to say I think not. I know what I'm supposed to say, but I bucked the trend. Oh. I bucked Showalter the trend. Oh. High five.
1: There you go. <laughs> Uh, By the way, our last game, Real or Real Fake, was uh, inspired by one of our sports blog New York writers, Anthony Manarino. You can follow him on Twitter uh, at Day underscore Italiano. He's also known as Mr. Jersey. So, you know, shout him out. He's a big Yankees guy. And uh, our next one that we were just talking about with this whole Joe Girardi thing was inspired by a lot of people. But one of our writers who specifically brought it up was Arthur Dowell who wrote a phenomenal uh, MLB preview, and that's on sportsblognewyork.com. Obviously, the season has taken place, but great time to look back and see how he's doing on some of his projections. Uh, That's Arthur Dowell. Uh, But yeah, so Joe Girardi as the manager for me, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt more often than not and say, the man knows what he's doing. He's known success pretty much since he's been on the Yankees. He even was a pretty successful manager before that. It's just so curious to me with his lineup pulls and it's something with he's he's uh, correct me if I'm wrong he's a guy who isn't specifically a statistics like advanced metrics guy right he's not
0: no well like, no he is 100 percent oh he is yeah he just doesn't believe in the shift yeah he employs it I mean he, he says he doesn't but he still does it right so he is a set, a, a metrics
1: guy so it, do you think this thing is numbers based like for him uh I see you staring at the screen.
0: We're going to be blatant here. We're going to be obvious. But I'm still listening to you. He's, he's a numbers guy. Every judge is at the plate. Uh, they're down by three, and it's it's two ads with these loaded. So. so this is horrible <laughs>
1: podcasting because— No,
0: no, no. It's fine. Just continue. I'm still listening to you. Joe Girardi. Well, I'm going to bring it up.
1: Relax. So we're obviously recording this at nighttime while the Yankee game is actually still going on. So we don't know yet if the Yankees won or not, and you do listening to this podcast— So, if Alex seems spacey or he seems like he's not into the conversation, it's because Aaron Judge is up with the bases loaded (laughs) and we don't know what he did yet. So, you're listening to this knowing what's going to happen. But, you know, we'll let you know if anything changes from our end. Uh, But, yeah, the Joe Girardi thing. So, as a Yankees fan, give him a grade. Do you love him? Do you hate him? I'm
0: going to give him an A-. minus. So, you love him? He gives, he, the, the, with, he,
1: with all the things that he wants you to wise, pull your hair out,
0: performance-wise, what he gets out of the players and what they do on the field—I mean, they shouldn't have gotten even close to the playoffs last year.
1: So, despite all the stuff you see on Twitter and all the stuff he saying what the crazy. hell is he doing, you still love him.
0: If if he was if he was he was he was a crappy manager, he would um, uh, he wouldn't have a. If I if I was as smart as him, I would, I would be a manager in baseball. So I, I would have won a World Series by now. So
1: also, if you were a former catcher. Which we found out today. 50% of major league managers are former catchers.
0: Yeah. That's pretty crazy. I thought it was something like 80%. I was wrong.
1: You did. And we looked into it. 50%. That's pretty nuts.
0: And Judge grounded into a uh, a fielder's choice, by the way.
1: Anticlimactic. The Yankees lost, but you knew that already.
0: Anyway, so we
1: talked about Mm -hmm. Joe Girardi. We talked about his odd lineup changes. Another manager across town that fans tend to get a little upset with from time to time happened just this weekend. Terry Collins with his management of not just the starting pitchers, but the bullpen as well. I'm going to preface this conversation with we have to remember that it's early in the season. He's playing it safe with not getting his starters injured because we know that all those guys are injury prone. And the Mets went through a 16-inning game, another extra inning game, a four-game series in Miami on the road. The bullpen was weak. We're already missing Jerry Similia. Granted, he took out DeGrom at a horrible time, and a lot of people who I saw on Twitter were blaming Terry for the losses we had in Miami this weekend. you got to give the guy a little bit of a break because he's playing it safe with his starters, who we all know are injury-prone. I know everyone's saying DeGrom is doing great, Harvey looked great, Syndergaard looks great. Why are we taking these guys out early? It's early in the season. Our record's still above 500. The Mets aren't doing great, but they're not playing horribly. Just relax. Give Terry some time. It's all we need.
0: Yeah, but doing like the pitch counts and everything like that, it hasn't worked for him. I mean, that's it's clearly not the issue. I mean, every time he does that with Harvey or whatever he does at the end of the year, they always end up getting hurt anyway. I don't think that's the issue with them. I think that they probably have some mechanical issues that keep causing them to have elbow stuff. you say chemical <laughs> issues? Mechanical. Oh, I thought you said mechanical. chemical. Mechanical. I gotcha. Um... So I don't really believe in that with them unless they notice. They, they should be more attentive towards their mechanics and everything like that to see if that's what the issue is. Because I don't think it's pitch count. They they they're older. They're not young. I don't know what you're protecting their pitch count for. You have them under team control for not much longer. Um, I I think that I told you the uh, the other day on one of the last podcasts you and I did the issue that they had. You said it was offense. I said it was their bullpen. Their bullpen is it's not good. I I thought Jared is good. He also gets you, he'll also also blow a few saves uh, in the air. Uh, Addison Reed's good, but he's not a closer. They live life on the edge. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we have. You need, you need bullpen help. There's
1: so guys who the way the game's we gone? expect to be good. Jeremy Blevins is a great lefty. Not a great lefty. A good lefty who we expect to get lefty outs. But he's a specific type of bullpen guy. Then we have Salas and Robles. Two guys who the expectations are they should get the job done more often than not. It just seems that it's always the wrong place, wrong time for them uh, for for runs of the season. So Robles and Salas will do great for a week, right? Mm-hmm. And you won't even hear their names because, you know, they just did their job in the sixth inning. No one paid attention. No one noticed. But then it'll be like a back-to-back where, like you mentioned to me the other day, it almost was another uh, blown hold by Salas when he gave up the grand slam to Mikel Franco in the mm-hmm. Phillies. Thankfully, they had a five-run lead. So, like, it seems to all come First at pitch once. Too.
0: First pitch, too.
1: Exactly. It seems to come in bunches for the Mets bullpen. They'll go two weeks, all good, no one notices, no one blinks an eye, and then Salas, Robles, and Egin all blow three games in a row. And it's just very weird. It's hard to kind
0: of put your finger on
1: it. And I feel like Terry's in a tough place with it.
0: I, I think it's Terry. I think I, and, and it goes because I could speak about watching Joe Girardi for years. He's someone who knows exactly how to manage a bullpen. That's Ex-catcher. His, that, that, yeah. But That's his biggest, like, his best quality as a manager. He, we've never had a bad bullpen since he's been a manager. Statistically,
1: it's, this year, I think it's, uh, if not the best, it's, it's one of it the top. It was the
0: best as of yesterday. I don't know if it changed that. Uh, Adam Warren gave up a, a run yesterday, or Brian Mitchell. I forget who gave up a run. Uh, it was Warren, if I'm not mistaken. But, um, yeah, they, they're... Uh, The Mets just need a better manager. I think Terry Collins is a really crappy manager. I think he's one of those managers, I always think, I said this to you about John Farrell today, where the team does well in spite of him. Um, And I think a lot of Mets fans would agree with that. I can't speak for them, but I think I've heard that echoed amongst a lot of them.
1: I, I tend to agree that with the fact that you said a lot of Mets fans feel that way. Personally, I tend to give him a little bit of slack. I don't think he's as bad as many people say. It's with the media, too. <laughs> well, TMI Terry. I think it's hilarious, <coughs> him with the media. Uh, <laughs> some of the things that he says or some of the drops that radio shows. For who? I said for what? <laughs> radio shows pull of him. But I, I think that Terry Collins does a good job of inspiring a team whose superstars don't inspire the team. Cespedes is our best player. You think and he inspires Cespedes? No, 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 no. <laughs> Cespedes is beyond that. If Cespedes was on the Yankees, Joe Girardi wouldn't be changing the way he plays. Either. I actually
0: think Cespedes has like, he gets away with it because he can still produce. Oh, if he's if he goes into a slump, he's gonna get crucified. I'll tell you. Like if he goes for an extended, he slump, gets
1: away with murder.
0: Yeah, Did you hear? Don he LeBron never hustles
1: by any chance. Like uh, free gap. Uh, he didn't basically during the Marlins series. There was a play where he didn't run it out or something. He didn't slide. He also tried to get. They tried to pick him off twice into second base. He didn't slide back into second base. Thankfully, he wasn't picked off. Then it was going to be the go-ahead run against the Marlins. It was like a 7-7 game or something like that. Ended up going. It was the game that went into extra innings. Uh-huh. A base hit into the outfield. You know, he's fast. When he wants to run, that dude moves. He thinks he's in there scot-free, going to score a run. Doesn't slide and gets tagged out after the replay. Marcelo Zuna gunned him out at home. If he slid, it would have been a 10 times harder tag to make and probably would have been safe. And he just decided not to slide. Three times in like a two-play span. and he, he never hustles in defense. Horribly either. frustrating. Because when you see the man hustle, you see him hustle and you're like, wow, that guy can move. If you, if He's he, fast. If
0: he went 100% of the time, if he, if he just played to his like fullest potential, he'd probably be top three player in the in the uh, MLB. And you know what? He
1: could still be in the MVP race this yeah. year without trying half the time. Yeah, it's crazy. Which is unbelievable. It's, it's wild.
0: <laughs> it's absolutely wild.
1: And also, um, just for you Mets fans out there, beware of Cespedes' numbers so far this year because he has four home runs and uh, double-digit RBIs. Remember that he had three home runs and six RBIs in one game. So his numbers look nice right now, and he's amongst lead leaguers. uh, League leaders? League leaguers. League leaguers. Two leaguers. In uh, in home runs right now. Three of those came to one game, so he hasn't been the consistent Cespedes (laughs) that we know and love, but I'm not here to complain about Cespedes. That's not what I'm here for. I'm here to say to you, Terry Collins... Isn't going anywhere this year. Complain all you want. Fire. Hashtag I don't, I don't, fire I Terry. I
0: don't think that's the guarantee. I think that's. I think that's a real early thing to set, to guarantee because I think there's a lot of expectations and it's playoffs your bust. With the Mets, I don't think he's getting fired this year. What if they miss the playoffs? What if they? What? If oh, they... I'm saying during the year, he's not getting fired. Oh, like okay. at the All Star break, if they're, if they're if they're 15 games under 500 at the All Star break, like I, I could see him getting fired.
1: That's a fair point. I just don't think they're going to be 15 games under.
0: I I think I think if the Mets don't make the playoffs this year, he's definitely fired. And if they're significantly, out, if they're out of it by a good amount by the All Star break, maybe not the All Star break, maybe a little bit later, he's he's out, he's off this team. I think that I think Mets fans have had enough of him. I don't think Mets fans like him as a whole.
1: I think it's a split but there's a there's definitely a, a loud minority who say fire Terry. I
0: definitely don't hear anyone say how great he is. No. <laughs> I'll tell you that.
1: No, not at all. But what I was gonna I was gonna say before is that it's hard for him to inspire a team where his superstar doesn't inspire like hard play. So Cespedes is the guy who's out there, you know, being the workhorse for the team in sense of run production, but he's not the guy out there who's inspiring, you know, extra effort or inspiring running out ground balls Mm -hmm. or diving for balls a lot in the outfield. You know, the guys who you think of in that sense are maybe Jose Reyes, who's been really, really struggling so far this year, who I was high on. Neil Walker, who's a quiet leader, according to people I hear, you know, different writers and people who are in the dugout. They say he's a lead by example guy. But even him, he's not someone who you see specifically give the extra effort. You just know it's consistent for him. Azrubo Cabrera, same thing. Who's the guy who's the spark plug for the Mets? They don't have somebody They don't have any table setters. They don't have any table setters, which we're gonna to get to a point that you're gonna bring up in a second. They don't they don't have somebody who's inspiring the extra effort on their team other than people on the pitching staff. And they it's hard for a pitcher to inspire hitters and fielders day in and day out.
0: I don't know. I think I think all of their superstars are super into themselves. Maybe not the Grom. But I think that they're all into their own personal brand.
1: You have a really negative look about Noah Syndergaard. That dude I don't gives, like Noah Syndergaard.
0: that dude gives it all on the mound. I'm not saying he doesn't. But I, I think that Noah Syndergaard also loves to get headlines. I, I really sure. do. I think he absolutely loves to get that headlines. That doesn't mean he's not a spark plug when he's on the mound. I'm not saying it isn't, but I, I don't think he's necessarily a good teammate. I think that he's probably, he's someone who, who takes a lot of shots at people. He takes a lot of shots at the media. That's not good for a team. When you're taking shots at the New York media. That comes back at you, and it comes back at your team it makes your teammates. Because then the teammates have to answer questions. That's not a good teammate. You never want those guys. So people, a lot of people hated people like like, A. Rod or like Giambi on the Yankees. Like they would start stuff in the media. Or and then, Paul O'Neill. Everybody hated Paul O'Neill. Everyone loved Paul O'Neill. Everybody. Hates He's the only Paul person Neal. in the world who hated Paul O'Neill, <laughs> like, like, the only one I know, he was great. I've had I've had arguments at Pete's family parties that I've gotten like screaming at the top of my lungs, where his fathers had to come over me and tell me to stop yelling because Pete's attacking Paul O'Neill's character.
1: <laughs> Whatever. I'm not getting into Paul O'Neill right now. I just think it's funny. Um, but I think the point you're, you know, you did rebuttal me on certain aspects of it. I think overarching point is that. The Mets don't have anybody to inspire extraordinary play. No, I agree. Yeah, that's our both of our overarching points, even but, though but there's some disagreements. I think,
0: I think, like, like you and I were trying to discuss what we wanted to speak about today. And we were saying, well, what do we want to talk about with the Mets? I was like, I don't know if we want to talk about this. I said, As Pete, Pete said that it was, they're just not a fun team right now. Like they're, they're not. And that's, nobody, they don't have a lot of people getting on base. Like, they'll hit some home runs, but solo home runs they don't really mean much, to be honest with you. I mean, you can live with a, a pitcher, will live with a solo home. if right? there's no money on You need to be able to build leads. You know, you I, don't scrap at
1: leads. As a Mets fan, I'll get shit from Mets fans saying, "I said this in the beginning of the year, on multiple occasions. The Yankees were more interesting to me this year. I still think the Mets are going to end up with a better record and be
0: a better team." I think the Yankees are more interesting. I think those two points are both fair and not mutually exclusive. I don't think you have that one without the other.
1: Exactly. And it's unfortunate for me. I mean, I I still watch more Mets games, and all Mets fans obviously still watch more Mets games. That's how it is. But (laughs) it's it's just weird to me that, you know, more home runs for the Mets and dominant pitching isn't leading to extraordinary excitement. And it is an interesting conundrum that the Mets are in, uh, especially with a very mediocre start. So we'll see how they pick it up. I'm not worried. I'm going to put that out there. I'm not worried about the Mets. It's just a slow start, and it's not that fun yet. And I'm tired of solo home runs. And I'm tired of nobody on base and not scoring runs any other way than hitting long balls or occasionally a double. We need to figure out a way to be more consistent on offense because I still think offense is a problem.
0: I have a way. And what is that way, Alec? I said to Pete that the Mets should do something that has happened twice in the past 18 years. Um... The Mets should trade with the Yankees. It'd be one of those rare win-win trades. The Yankees and Mets should make a trade around Brett Gardner. The Mets need a table setter. Yankees need to get rid of the logjam in the outfield to bring up their prospects, or maybe get Aaron Hicks some more bats because he's showing what he's uh when he's gonna get bats that he could be a lot better. Um, you need to get. They need to get someone who can consistently get on base, who has a th- is a threat to steal bases at all times. Is a really smart player, and you can put him in center, uh, which is what the Mets really need. A really fantastic. He was a Gold Glover last year in left field. I mean, he's a center fielder playing left field. That'd be a perfect trade for both teams. And he doesn't. He has a manageable contract. It's not that either. It's just, and the last two players. I mean. We're both relief pitchers. One of them was Mike Stanton, not John Carlos Stanton, but the the good, the better Mike Stanton. The
1: OG Mike Stanton. The OG OG Mike Stanton. Because yes. OG
0: Mike Stanton is John Carlos
1: Stanton. OG OG is the actual relief pitcher Mike Stanton. And I'm going to rebuttal you because, A, I, I told you this when you told me. I just didn't want Brett Gardner on the Mets. Uh, but I think your argument is really sound. I think he would be a very positive uh, yeah. part of the team. He's like
0: a moneyball guy, you know?
1: Energy, extraordinary effort which is the things that we just said the Mets don't have, which right? counts deep, too. Exactly. You said the Yankees need to get rid of their logjam in the outfield. The Mets are also experiencing a very, sim- very similar A logjam in the outfield as well because we have Cespedes and Bruce who are literally shooting into the lineup. They ain't going nowhere. Bruce has been very good. I think Mets fans are very happy with him so far. Cespedes is Cespedes. Granderson has a track record. He's going to hit home runs. if Depending on where he's they in. The- they could trade Gardner for
0: Bruce. Bruce has an expiring contract.
1: That's—I that's, don't see that happening. But, anyway, besides the point, Granderson has a track record. Terry has said that he likes him a lot and likes having him in the lineup. The problem is Michael Conforto. Mets fans love Conforto. I love Conforto. He batted lead off one game, and he, then Terry pulled the Joe Girardi. Conforto <laughs> batted leadoff, played great, got a couple hits, did great for the team. Then he didn't start the next game. So, we have a little logjam as well. And I think if we ended up trading for, Granders, uh, for Gardner, unless we moved Granderson— what is,
0: wait, so, so I mean, how where, does Conforto
1: get at bats? I
0: mean, he's just the DH. He's in the wrong league.
1: Well, it would be Jay Bruce. Bruce. It would be the DH, I guess, if we were in the American League. DH is a
0: good... I mean, uh, Jay Bruce is a good enough uh, fielder. Yeah,
1: Conforto's better. Well, is he? Yeah. Jay Bruce is a I think he always has and, a lot of flubs well, on the field. No, he's fine. Okay. He, he plays center field when Garnison sits. So I think we have a logjam as well, and that's the reason I don't think it's realistic. I don't think we're going to make a move like that because we have Conforto and we have Lagaris and those are people the Mets like. And I don't think it's gonna work the right way to get all those guys playing time. We already have that problem, just like you guys do. But interesting point. And I think Gardner could be a good fit. I just don't see it happening. Anything?
0: Uh, any last words for the Mets Yankees baseball stuff? No, I'll, we'll be doing this every week. I'm always gonna have some stuff to say.
1: I will say. I will say this. How about how about God? Uh, er- Eric Timms. Did he homer on Easter by chance? He yes, he definitely did. He he's homered <laughs> in five straight games. First guy to do it since X Met. Great.
0: No. Jeremy Burnett, uh, Jeremy Burnett. Oh, I would have gotten that one off yeah. the top of my head.
1: <laughs> X-Men Great should have... He was also a brewer. Um,
0: All seven of them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's enough for for the Mets. This is Sports Blog New York Podcast. If you like what you've been hearing, please subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast on iTunes and Google Play. York.com podcast tab. Click on one of those articles. leads you in the right direction. All right, so now we got we've got like 10 minutes left. So I think it's a perfect amount of time to talk about the NBA playoffs, I know it's not something that interests you. And to you New Yorkers out there who are now fully fledged in basketball season, miserable about the Knicks and don't want to watch basketball, I'm sorry. But there's a lot of people out there who actually do appreciate the NBA playoffs. I'm
0: into the playoffs. I just don't like the first round.
1: I'm being one of them, and I understand that that fact. Uh, so let's talk about... I want to talk about one guy who you and I talked over lunch today. He had a good performance in Game 1, enough to beat the Raptors. Today, or last night... The Bucs actually lost to the Raptors, played very tight, lost by only six points. Giannis Antetokounmpo is in his fourth season. He's 22 years old. This is his second time in the playoffs, but realistically, it's his first time as a leader on the team in the playoffs. And he has so far played pretty pretty damn well. Do you think this year is a year he can break out and lead the Bucks to a first-round win?
0: I, It's tough. I think the Raptors are a really good team. They're very solid. I could also see the Bucks beating them, but the Bucks don't really have that bench depth either. I don't know. I, I Giannis can take over a game. He could definitely take over a game, and there's nobody on that team that can match up with Giannis. Um, he can really just overpower anybody over there, and I could I could definitely see him taking over. But do I think over over, over a series he can do it? No, I think it's going to get evened out. I don't. I don't he just really doesn't have a good supporting cast around him at all. His supporting
1: cast is interesting because they're just really lengthy and they play great defense at times. But then other times they're just very average. So it's weird. And you have
0: Thon Maker, Shot Maker.
1: The, the, I love love me some Thon. But the interesting thing about Giannis is that this is his fourth season in the NBA. So NBA fans have now been hearing about this kid for a long time. What's interesting about LeBron James is that his first breakout performance in the NBA playoffs was also in his fourth year. Now I think it's a huge success if Giannis and the Bucks can get past the Raptors, but they ain't gonna beat the Cavs in the second round anyway. But if they're able to beat the Raptors in round one, Giannis, look out, because he will be in the MVP race next year. I think he's that good. Do you think? In this, I, mean, I think there are people. you think put the him ceiling like is the year? roof?
0: The ceiling is the roof for Giannis, <laughs> right? I think there are people that put him in the conversation this year.
1: I mean, yeah, he was in the he was in the in conversation with Jace. Uh, not really. He was like six, seven, eight. I
0: and mean, he was really between two people. And it looks like it's going to be Russ, by the way. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with that. Um, I I think that I think that the Bucks are more uh, have a better chance at beating the Raptors than the Raptors have a chance at beating the Cavs.
1: But the Cavs have a better chance of beating the cat. I mean, the, the Raptors the Buc- have a better chance of beating the Cavs than the Bucks do. Yes, even though. The bucks cavs matchup is really interesting because they played really well uh, to, against each other in the season. And don't you want to see Giannis Antetokounmpo versus LeBron James, mano, y mano? Um
0: Yeah. That would be a
1: pretty exciting round, mean,
0: too. Two freaks of nature. They're, they're two literal freaks of nature. It would be really exciting to watch.
1: That would be that would be something else. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty interesting. just want to talk about Giannis because he deserves all the hype that he gets, if not more. It's unfortunate that people struggle with his name. That's actually... Hard for people to remember him for like the average fan, you At- know.
0: A tada Kubu, Attar Kubu, Shish Kebab, Shish Kebab,
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so also, uh, let's talk about a team that you love to hate: the Boston Celtics. And weird
0: as a New Yorker, I hate the Boston team. Right.
1: So you have called them a fake one seed since they were even in contention for the one seed. And what do they do in the first game of the season of the series? They, they lose to the Bulls. And if we and currently sit stink. here, the Bulls are winning against the Celtics by ten right now. Obviously, listeners know the listeners know what the outcome is, but we don't currently. The Celtics might get knocked out in the first round of the playoffs if they go down 2-0, losing two games at home. Now I'm just going to mention this again uh, before we move on with this conversation. <coughs> The Isaiah Thomas situation with his sister passing is absolutely tragic. Uh, Obviously, wish the best for him. Even in the worst of sports rivalries, that transcends all sports. And Shout out to him and his family, hoping him the best. But besides the point for the actual aspect of basketball, it's tough to look at the Celtics team and not think that they were overachievers for all of the NBA season. If a team like the Bulls, who, you know, call them underachievers if you want, they're actually just not that great, are able to take down the Celtics as an eight seed versus a 1 seed? What does that say about the player, Isaiah Thomas, and the Celtics with their mastermind of a GM? I did air quotes there. Because everybody talks about how greatly of an organization they run, they got all these draft picks. What do draft picks mean when you're a 1 seed and you're struggling with the eight-seed Bulls in the first round.
0: It's almost like they should have made a trade at the deadline. Weird, right? That is weird. <laughs> Why, why'd you bring that up, Al? Well, it's just, well, I guess it's just because Isaiah Thomas is so good. That's an, I've been saying that all year. I've been saying how they shouldn't have made a trade at the deadline. Um, he is horrible at defense. Although, it is, like we said, it is tragic, blah, blah, blah. You know?
1: Oh, yeah, no, it is yeah. tragic.
0: Um, but uh, I, the Bulls are not a good team. The Bulls are a really bad team, actually. The Bulls are... I like talent wise, they like leaves and mountains. The worst team in, in the playoffs. The Bulls
1: are a team that if like someone's dad decided to do a fantasy draft in two K, that would be the Bulls. Yeah, because he'd get the first pick. They'd be like, all right, Jimmy Butler's the best guy on the board here, so I'll take him. And he's the,
0: yeah, he's the best guy in the series. Without, oh, absolutely, without a doubt. But, but he's
1: not. transcending the series so far. So <laughs> this is what a dad would do in two K. He would draft Jimmy Butler because he's the best guy left, and then he would go, ooh, Dwayne Wade. Ooh, John Rondo. <laughs> oh, Robin Lopez. I think he was on the Knicks. I'll take him. And then they got all these old guys and then a bunch of random people. And that's that's who the Bulls are.
0: Bobby Portis.
1: <laughs> I guess your dad wouldn't draft Bobby Portis. But, you know. That's besides well,
0: Jaron Grant can take over a game, too. The, you know, the Bulls are really good.
1: You know, I think people would misunderstand your sarcasm in that situation.
0: I'm not being sarcastic. He's going to be a future all-star, perennial all-star. I'm telling you. Stop. <laughs> I'm, I, that's what happens when you leave the Knicks. You become a Jamal Crawford or something like that, or or a Zach Randolph or a Wilson Chandler, someone who's going to be really successful in the
1: league.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what about Landry Fields? He, what about Mon Schumpert? Mon Schumpert is a champion uh, winner. It's so is Channing Fry.
1: So is Jared Smith. God damn it. So is Timmy Moskov. <laughs> <God. laughs> All
0: those Knicks ex- ex- literally said.
1: You know, I was actually watching the playoffs uh, the uh, the other day during the week, I forget what game I was watching, and I just couldn't help but think to myself how many former Knicks are in the playoffs.
0: It's crazy. Kevin is on the Pacers. He's in the playoffs. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't even think of it. Is Isn't um, who is the guy? We, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. He, he used to, Chris Copeland. Is not Chris Copeland on the Pacers? No, nah, he's not in the league anymore. He's not? No, nah, it's, it's been a couple uh, years with the guy. He was on the Pacers not too long ago.
1: All right. Well, the Celtics are in trouble, but that leads us to the thing, should they have made a trade? Yes. Now, let's think about this. The two big names that they were talking about with Boston trading for were Paul George and Jimmy Butler, two guys who are on the 7th seed and eight seed teams, respectively. Now, shout-out to our friend of the podcast, at FrankVellani21 on, on Twitter. He actually tweeted us earlier and said, who would you rather have, Jimmy Butler or, or Paul George? Now, take away trade chips. Say they're equal trade value. Who would you rather have on your team, Paul George or Jimmy Butler?
0: Doesn't Jimmy Butler have... You- Team control, though, going forward? <clears throat> Paul George is a free agent this year, isn't he? Yeah, Jimmy
1: Butler's a free agent the year after.
0: Yeah, so Jimmy
1: Butler. So you would take him just based off that?
0: No, but if there was any tiebreaker and there's not, it would still be Jimmy Butler. But um, just having team control for a guy like that who can take over a series. Jimmy Butler was on this team. They'd, they'd be winning by 20, 30 points every, uh, both games against this team.
1: My whole thing is you're about to be a one seed, right? Well, the Celtics didn't know they were going to be a one seed at that point.
0: Yeah, but, even, they should, but, but they should have been confident if they were confident in themselves, they you that's why you get those trade pieces. That's why you get those assets to trade away. To get a big gun. Yeah. To get a big dog. Yeah. You gotta take your shot. Shooters gotta shoot. You can't always be sellers at the deadline, sometimes you gotta buy. Especially when there were a two
1: seat at the at the deadline. You make a move, you take a swing, you get one of these guys, and you try to beat LeBron and the Cavs. Because if Jimmy Baller or Paul George were on the Celtics <laughs> right now. We would be sitting here saying this team has a legitimate chance to beat the Cavs because the Cavs defense isn't that great. Yeah, and the yeah, well, if they, got if the they had two <coughs> pre- premier defenders in one of those guys, it would be a different story. And I really believe that. If one of those guys, Paul George or Jimmy Butler, was on the Celtics right now, we would sit here and say that Eastern Conference Finals matchup will be legit and LeBron will have his hands full. He might lose.
0: And now we sit here and say... Maybe the Wizards
1: can give them a run for the money?
0: I think the Wizards, I, I, looking at the way the the series the is, series, is that it? Series? Series. Uh, series. Yeah. Series have gone down. I think that there's a legitimate chance that the Wizards can go uh, go to the championship yeah, and win. I think they have the best chance at this point. Yeah, I think whatever team comes out of the West is just going to destroy the East. Uh, I don't even think that... So the Warriors. <laughs> I don't know that it's going to be the Warriors. Oh, yeah? yeah? I don't know that it's going to be the Warriors. Maybe the Clippers can win a playoff series. <laughs>
1: Uh, no, uh, I mean, I hope not.
0: <laughs> no, because I'm, you know, I'm just kidding. It let's go Jazz. Doesn't happen. Um, I don't think the Rockets are gonna go. Um, I mean, you can't count out the Spurs ever. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think I, it could be the. It's most likely gonna be the Warriors. but I wouldn't bet that it's 100% gonna be the Warriors. But I think, I think it's a crapshoot coming out of the East.
1: I agree. I think the the odds are still very strong for the Cavs and the Warriors. And I'm gonna leave with this statement because you know we're at 55 minutes the playoffs are going to go on for another month month or so so it's too long we don't need to rush on this topic but I'm going to leave with my closing statement with this and you give what you got after that it's very frustrating as an NBA fan hearing people say they like college basketball because they play defense and they work hard and they play for something that's not money the NBA product is trash they're not good. They don't care about defense. If you watch the NBA playoffs and you still tell me that college basketball is better than the NBA, I will tell you that you did not watch the NBA playoffs. Why, hold on. Because you're lying. This product is so much better from top to bottom of college basketball. It's not even close. The talent is better. The defense is better. The offense is better. The coaching is better. The athleticism is better. And it's not even close. Now, obviously, if you literally watch it and you tell me that, I'm just not going to tell you you didn't watch. I'm not going to call you a liar. I'm just going to tell you that you're wrong. Because the NBA product is as good as it's ever been. The players in the league today are more talented, not as talented, more talented than they've ever been. And if you're not appreciating the NBA, that's up to you. But don't say that college basketball is a better product, that you enjoy it more because it's a better game. Because... I, don't un- I just don't understand how you can watch a full college basketball game, start to finish. Because honestly, the people who say this, I believe just don't watch basketball. And that's fine, if you don't watch basketball. Don't come at me and say, college game is better, they play defense. Nope, they're just trash on offense. So watch the NBA playoffs and try to tell me that they don't care.
0: I, 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 I'm going to tell you you're wrong. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I, and I hate college basketball as a whole. If you're saying that if you're saying, like, regular season, like, all, all encompassing together... The tournament.
1: Whatever. Whatever uh, you no, want. No, if,
0: if you're saying, like, uh, the NBA players are better than the Marshall Panthers, you're wrong. You're dead wrong. No, uh, the product is better in the NBA. It doesn't matter. It's so much more exciting to watch the the college championship, the tournament. It's like... It's crazy that you would even say that. Like, like Banana Land. The NBA Ab- fi- The NBA finals. Ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. I, I still disagree. I oh think the NBA God. finals are still better than no, the NCAA no. tournament. But if you were going to tell me that you were like... if th- Just... Like two mid-major teams going at it on a regular season, I'll shoot my, I'll, I'll blow my brains out trying to watch that game. But if you're going to tell me that that's not the best playoffs in all the sports, you're crazy. It's the best playoff system. The 64
1: teams, one and done, all the way through and through, is phenomenal. The actual game of the NBA playoffs and the NBA finals, yes, oh, I, is w- ten times better.
0: Of course, it's a lot. It's ten times better, but but it doesn't matter. The tournament time is special. There's nothing better than, than NCAA. I'm not going to disagree with that. Like top to bottom, if you told me the NBA as a whole season to season, yeah, you know, well that too, eighty two games a season plus playoffs, it's like it, you know it's it's so ridiculous how much better it is the college basketball. But you can tell me that the playoffs are better than the, the in, in, in the NBA than they are in the tournament. That's just ridiculous. And you're, this comes it's outrageous. From, this coming from a guy who I said, hate college sports. They're,
1: and you said that the tournament is so overhyped that people only care about the first round, and then they get they like. No, I said about it.
0: I only care about the first round, but I don't I don't really watch. I don't watch the NBA playoffs. I don't really care
1: until yeah. the finals, if that.
0: If that, I'll watch it. If and you know, if the Knicks were in, I'd watch obviously every game. But that doesn't really happen, but um, that never happens. I'm not an NBA fan. I'm a Knicks fan. Yeah, you know, I don't really care. And I understand,
1: and I respect. But, I, that. but but
0: you don't have to be a fan of a team in college. That's another thing that people like is you don't have to in, in college sports. with the tournament is, no. Very few people are rooting for their alma mater. They're rooting for whatever team that, you know, and, and their brackets and everything. Nobody's doing brackets for the NBA playoffs.
1: You know, Hockey actually tried to incorporate a bracket into their playoff. I, really? if, I, w- I would tell you if that caught on, but I, I have no idea.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, the playoffs are going on, right? The Rangers
1: uh, had a game. Who gives a shit? I was, I was <laughs> <laughs> How sad is it that I was in Ranger Town? Yeah, they, I worked they, right they had,
0: next to the Garden. Same, <laughs>
1: yeah, I actually went into that. I did their little VR thing, which was pretty cool. Really? Took a 360 picture that put me on the ice. It was fun, but uh, I didn't watch any, well, not one second of the game. I think, how could
0: you? <laughs> uh, I, I, I didn't realize that it even started at all. <laughs> there's a ton of people who... Aren't they like a the week game, into but... it now, actually? the Rangers won, by the way. <laughs> they won today. Who gives a shit? Yes, <laughs> right. Who gives a shit? A
1: lot of people. A lot of Rangers fans. I don't. Nope, me neither. <laughs> but that's all we have for today. So we're going to extend the NBA playoffs uh, you know, for as long as they go. They go for a while.
0: Hockey fans, if you want to tweet at me, because I know you do, because you you guys are the worst Uh, find me on Twitter
1: yeah for real (laughs) hockey fans come at us this is Sports Blog New York Podcast we don't hate hockey well we hate hockey but Sports Blog New York doesn't hate hockey Uh, but hopefully you enjoyed the show go Yankees go Mets go New York sports this is Sports Blog New York Podcast I'm Peter
0: Kennedy I'm Alec Argento subscribe rate review So.